Welcome to the Westside Gathering Podcast, and thanks for making the time to learn and grow with us. Here, you'll find teaching from our live Sunday gatherings. After the message, we'll say a little more about our church and how you can connect. But for now, let's jump right in. I want to just start off with this, with a moment in my life where discernment was really palpable and very important because I was, uh, I was um, you know, leading up into my late teens, uh, I had a, an interest in business and commerce and economics and stuff like that. It was the, my favorite courses in, in college and in school. And I thought I would have definitely kind of moved into something like accounting or finance or business. And I like that stuff. I, I still enjoy like reading, you know, business articles and stuff. And, uh, and, and I also loved music. And so music was something like, oh, maybe I need to kind of follow this, this path. And there was about five or six months, maybe when I was about 19 or so, that I just, 19 or, yeah, yeah, I think so, that I was just discerning maybe the Lord calling me to something different to those paths and much more committed to full-time ministry. I believe we're all called to serve in, in and through the church in some way, but I was feeling this discernment call to ministry, and it was one of the bigger discernment moments of my life outside of marriage and a couple of other things that are very, very significant, this, this call, this vocation. And there was multiple things I had to consider because I was attracted to commerce as a career. I loved music, and I was in a, doing a diploma at a local college here, and I was unknown where, like, a decision towards ministry would take me. And I remember about five months just kind of wrestling with God, um, you know, sometimes feeling um, very, like, not hearing much from Him, you know, not that I was waiting for a voice or to wake up one morning and see a message on top of my bed or anything like that, but it was just wondering, like, God, where are you leading me? And it felt like five or six months of no clarity and just pressing in that way. And one night, uh, we had a, an evening gathering at the time. Evening gatherings were pretty popular among the church on a Sunday night. And um, it became really clear to me towards the end of, our, of, that, of the service that night, um, the person who was speaking, a guest, just invited people who might be discerning a call to ministry to kind of step, you know, step forward or step into that towards prayer. And I didn't hear an audible voice. I didn't hear anything that way. But somehow in that moment, um, there was at least 40 or 45 minutes of just a deep, um, presence of God in, in that moment. And it became so clear to me that I, didn't, I shouldn't choose those other paths, that I had to walk in this path towards ministry. And it, it didn't come out of nowhere. That night was significant for me. But it, it did also kind of pull into play some people in my lives, teachers, even secular teachers at, at college, which I would explain another day, pastors, friends. And then in that moment, it was this supernatural work that I could not explain, but the work of the Holy Spirit in that time. And it was, it's moments like that that don't happen, you know, so often, periodic at times, where you, where you realize that there's gifts for our discernment are so essential, like we've talked about the last few weeks, but then there's, and, and they're all at our disposal, history, knowledge, wisdom, limits, uh, community, like we talked last week. And those are all important gifts at our disposal. But today I want to talk about a very unique gift that's at our disposal. And I even hate using the word disposal because we should never say that the Spirit is at our disposal. But God's Spirit is present for us. And this unique gift is, is the gift of the Holy Spirit, a gift for discernment. And so that, that's kind of the theme that we want to wrap around today, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and, and just lean into that. Um, so I just want to just pause, and because we're specifically talking about the Holy Spirit, just to invite God to be at work and do even beyond my words or, and, and speak to some of the scriptures we're going to walk through today. So let's pause and just surrender this moment to the Lord. God, we've been worshiping you through song and scripture, confession, generosity, and in this moment, as we look through passages of your word, um, we just, from, from our hearts, God, say welcome to your work among us in these next few moments. And even in these last few weeks, we've seen incredible gifts that you bring to us that help us, um, gifts for discernment. Uh, but today... We, we take time to focus on an incredible gift that you give personally, uh, yourself and your spirit. And um, yeah, would you just capture our minds and our hearts and our attention in these moments? And if there's things beyond what I 
have prepared and what I have discerned uh, that you are at work at, Lord, then we just we want to make room for that because you are so much bigger and better um, than that. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, Christians easily uh, put Jesus and God at the center of their worship and their formation and their discipleship, right? I mean, Jesus died for us. He resurrected. He ascended. Uh, he's so central in the New Testament texts as, uh, you know, we, we, often people don't say, I've come to follow God or I've come to follow the Holy Spirit. They say, I've come to follow Jesus. I've given my life to Jesus. I've embraced Christ as my Lord and Savior. So Jesus is very central, essential and, and core in what it means to be a, a Christian. God the Father as well. We, we talk about God as loving Father, as creator, as, you know, just... Just uh, he, God the Father takes such a, a prominent place in our worship, in our discipleship, in our understanding of Scripture. And often we can dismiss or displace the presence and role of the Holy Spirit. I love that often at the end of our prayers that we have on the screen, you know, through Jesus Christ with, the, with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. Because we, want, we, are Trinita- we have a Trinitarian faith. God the Father, Son, and Spirit. Through the storyline of Scripture and the life of the early church, the Holy Spirit was primary. And I think through wisdom, when, when the church over time created what we know as the church year, from Advent to, um, you know, I, I'm just kind of lost the, the, the second phase of that, but Epiphany, and then Lent, and then Easter, and then we have Pentecost. And I think Pentecost gets its own season. You know, like the, the work of the Holy Spirit gets its own season because I think wisely the church knew that we needed to be reminded of and formed to keep attentive to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we can sense through Scripture that God has sent the Spirit for several reasons. But today I want to focus just on a few that relate to discernment. If you've got your Bibles, turn to John 14. And we're going to be in and through a couple of uh, passages in these two or three chapters, John 14, 15, and 16. And this is a really important section of Scripture. In fact, I think it's one of those Scriptures uh, that, that you can, you know, kind of lean on to quite a bit. Like, like reflect on, read several times, immerse yourself in, journal through, pray through, uh, memorize some passages here. Uh, it's incredible words of Christ. Christ in these passages preparing the disciples and us, and it's worth immersing ourselves into. And this is a moment where Jesus is telling the disciples that, that, his, that the Spirit is going to come in a very tangible way after he departs, after he dies, resurrects, and ascends. And we find Jesus describing this, explaining this in John 14 to 16. And one of the first things we notice, and I'll, I'll kind of state it first and then look into the Scripture, is that, that the Spirit here is identified as God's truth. The Spirit here is identified as God's truth. So John 14 verse 16 says this. Jesus says this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. Chapter 15 verse 26 When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who comes from the Father, will testify on my behalf. Chapter 16, verse 13 to 15. Again, here's Jesus saying this. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And so here we see that Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as an advocate, one who comes on our behalf and who will come to uh, be present with us as Jesus is no longer physically present with his disciples. In fact, Paul interchanges the words when he talks about the Spirit of God or the Spirit of Jesus or the Holy Spirit, even in his letters, even in the description as the Spirit works. We see that Jesus sends an advocate for us to continue his work in us and for us. But he's keen to let us know that this advocate, and in my version it's a capital A to help me recognize this is God at work here, keen to tell us that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. That's really important, the spirit of truth, not just any spirit, not just some organic spirit, 
but a divine spirit, God's very own spirit, the spirit of truth. And Jesus is keen to help his disciples know in us that the Holy Spirit comes from the Father. It's not out of nowhere. He's not out of nowhere. He's part of the Trinity. Even as we read this text, we see Jesus' Son, Father, and Holy Spirit uh, described here. And so we get this sense that the gift of the Holy Spirit is for you and for me. And one of his roles and purposes is that he is a reservoir of God's truth. He's a reservoir of God's truth. He only delivers what is from God and testifies to us on Christ's behalf. And this is so important for these early disciples, but it's equally important for us that as God's Spirit works in us and God's Spirit uh, speaks or guides, that we understand that God, God wants to speak to us what is truth, what is from Him, and testifying on Christ's behalf. So there's no deception in His Word, in His work in us. It's all from God. And uh, as I was thinking about the Holy Spirit as a reservoir of truth, I was then thinking about the Holy Spirit as a receptor of truth. And then I thought, why did I use that word receptor? Literally, I'm writing this out, thinking about, so I, then I'm like Googling receptor and what, and I'm like, oh, okay, receptors are in our body. I really didn't know this as I said the word receptor. And I'm like, and I'm checking out, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So receptors are like a protein that attach to our cells and then gives the cells signals to help it function properly. And I'm like, this is amazing. These receptors kind of clinch onto cells and get important messages around the body. So our body can function and grow and fight disease and stay healthy. And I thought, what an amazing kind of metaphor for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This receptor role in the Trinity that the Spirit has is getting messages to the body of Christ. Right? Paul describes us as all each part of the body. And the Holy Spirit works in us and through us getting messages around us. So we can be healthy and we can function and we can fight deception and we can be effective in the mission God calls us to. And this is always, these messages, these signals from the Spirit are always sourced in God's truth. So important. And we need to test what we often say is from the Spirit through Scripture because we want to make sure that it's the Spirit speaking and guiding we want to make test by, does this resonate with the message of Jesus that we're called to dwell in us richly? We test it by saying, has what the Spirit said, is it forming us in the way of Christ? And then that can help us discern, is that just me or is that the Holy Spirit? Is that just my friend's thought from last night? Or is that, the, is that just the dream I had or is this the work of the Holy Spirit? Because he always speaks with truth, sourced in God's truth. And that's part of the main reason the Holy Spirit is a gift for our discernment. We always want to discern with truth, God's truth. The Spirit also communicates to us. And there's one line in here that Jesus tells his disciples, chapter 14, verse 26, that is, is so helpful in this. In verse 26, he says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you all that I have said. The Spirit teaches. Here's part of his role. The Spirit reminds us. The Spirit takes from what is God and gives to us. He's speaking to us. And I love the, the idea of teaching is that we learn something. We, we understand something. We receive something. And we're shaped by that, by that truth, by that knowledge. And so we learn, we process, we digest, we apply that. That's one way that the Spirit communicates. He teaches. He also reminds us. And this is important because truth leaks right? Truth fades. Knowledge gets fuzzy, and we need reminders. How many things did you thought you knew, and you're like, wait, did, didn't I read that? <laughs> like, I thought I read that. I, I should have known this piece of information. I can't find it anymore. And of course, Google's messing up with our brains as well these days, because all we do is Google something, and we don't, like, kind of remember it. That, but, like, this is one of the reasons why there's a few topics that I, I love to read annually. Like, when I choose books to read throughout the year, I, at least once a year I read a spiritual formation book because I want to be reminded of the call to be formed in the way of Christ. At least once a year I try and read a book on finances and money because I want to be reminded that I'm a steward, that, that God has called me to use uh, money wisely and with, and with and for his kingdom. 
There's often annually I read a book on relationships because, the, because I want to be reminded of who I am as a, as a father and a husband and a friend. And so I do that because all that good knowledge, it leaks. <laughs> so I need to be reminded, brought back, clarified. And the Holy Spirit knows this about you and me, knows that even though he teaches us, truth leaks, truth fades, and he reminds us and gets our attention. Chapter 16, verse 13, um, Jesus says this. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. In other words, the spirit is personally invested in you becoming a person of truth, in you and I being formed in the way of Christ and guiding us towards the life of God's kingdom. And guiding us means making a way, helping us step by step to immerse in God's truth, to apply God's truth, to live God's truth, to become people that reflect God's truth in our lives. The Spirit guides us and longs to guide us. Then here's this one word Jesus uses three times in chapter 16. Verse 13, uh, as he says, you know, that the Spirit will guide us into all truth, for he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you things that are, are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. And for this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This version, the NRSV uses the word declare. Yours might say tell or speaks. The, it's, it, declare is like the strong form of telling something, right? I mean, if I, just, if I just tell Mike something, it's one thing. But if I come like, Mike, I've got to declare this to you, it kind of feels a little bit more important, right? And so there, there's a sense behind this, and especially the first time Jesus uses the word, that, that the Spirit will come and declare things that are to come. And this isn't that... That don't, get, don't get this wrong. Don't, don't mistake in this that, you know, every day the Spirit's going to say, like, watch out 1115 for that car, you know, like, what's to come. It's not like there's these predictions all over the place. But come, specifically for the disciples, is important because they're like, well, what's going Jesus, what do you mean you're leaving and you're sending the advocate like, what are we going to do without you here? We've been following you for three years. We've been learning from you. You've told us go out, then come back. We debrief. We've been taking, we've been following your lead. We've been listening to your voice. We've been watching you at work. And like, you're going to be gone. What is, how are we going to even function? What do you want us to do after that? Like, is this over? But Jesus says, no, the Spirit's going to come and declare to you what's to come. In other words, how you will live this calling on your lives without me physically present the Spirit will lead you, will guide you, will declare this to you. This is a beautiful promise that the Spirit declares what's next. And we see this happening in the opening pages of Acts, where Jesus promises that as they're praying and seeking Him, the Holy Spirit will come and, and empower them to be His witnesses, because that's what they're going to do next. They're going to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That in Acts 2, then, they're filled with the Spirit so they can fulfill the Great Commission. And as you read through the pages of the New Testament, you see that there's moments where the Spirit leads the church or leads individuals because that's what we're called to do. We're called to continue what Jesus called the disciples to, to be his church, to be his living local presence, to be reflections of his kingdom here, to be on mission here. Peter, who was like, well, all these Jewish people came to faith. This is great. And then all of a sudden, some non-Jewish people come to faith. He's like, well, what do I do with that? They don't eat like me. They don't talk like me. They don't wash their hands. They don't have cleansing rituals like me. And then he has a dream. And there's all these animals in front of him. And the, he, he hears this voice, go and eat. And he's like, well, that's not me. I can't do that. Well, Peter, I want everyone, even those who don't eat like you, to come to know me. The Spirit led, declared in that moment. Paul at times was led by the Spirit of God in what city to go to and where to press in and where to be present. See, the disciples needed the Spirit to help them discern these moments, these decisions, these forks in the road, especially without Jesus physically present. And so that's why the Spirit communicates to us. There was a moment um, before Westside started where my wife and I and uh, the only two other people who were part of our church community and a few others who were starting to maybe four or five, maybe not eight or nine of us as a whole, we were discerning in a couple of months uh, about, well, who are we going to partner to 
we don't want to be this church on our own. And my wife and I were part of a denomination of churches here in the city, and, and they, had, they had thought that they could maybe be a part of this, and so we heard them out and listened, and um, we honestly, there were some things that just didn't feel like, like they were ready to, to jump into this, and we wondered, well, maybe, maybe it wouldn't be the time. So we, we said, no, maybe this is not going to work. But three or four months later, they came back and said, would you reconsider? Would you consider that we partner together in this? And so we thought, well, God, maybe God wants us to be gr- really gracious here and wants us to, like God can do anything with anybody, you know, including the people we've been partnering with for years. And so we said, okay, let, let's consider this again. And so we discerned six or seven things that really needed to be important. And uh, we, I remember having this meeting with four or five leaders and three out of the seven things kind of like there was a check, check, check. And four weren't. But I left the meeting and I, and I said, you know what, we're good. Let's, let's, let's move forward. And I went home that day. I just felt such a heaviness in my heart. I was so dissonant. You know, consonants, dissonance. Like dissonance is like two wrong notes are just banging together. That's what was happening inside my body. It was so dissonant. I, I, my thoughts were so scattered, I felt like I completely made a wrong turn. There was, the house I was living in Laval had this little, little hump of grass after my front window, and I always hated that hump of grass. And I'm like, I have, I, my thoughts are so unclear, what can I do? I grabbed a shovel, and I shoveled, I shoveled it down about a foot. Because <laughs> I, I couldn't think. I was, there was so much turmoil inside me that I'm like, I have to do something physical to just not think about this dissonance inside of me. And the next morning, I called them, and I said, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I made a mistake by saying yes. I should have said no. This is not against you. This is not anything to do with you, but I just know in my heart that the Lord's not leading us in that way. And the next day I had to say no because I genuinely felt the Spirit was saying, you made a mistake. I'm so grateful that doesn't happen all the time. I'm so grateful it did happen then because I, like, the Spirit stopped me. And um, I know... And this doesn't happen all the time, but, you know, when you read Paul's words, like the Spirit stopped me from going here and told me to go here instead. And this doesn't only happen for ministry purposes. It can happen for other parts of our lives. Frank and I were discerning for our kids. Andrew had started elementary. Julia didn't start yet. And we were obviously here in Quebec, been here for a long time. My wife was born here. I came here at the age of eight. We loved this place and this city. And our kids were wondering, like, should they go to French school, English school? And, and my son was in English school. And we were really, all of a sudden we started thinking, maybe they should go to French school. And this is not for everybody, but we were thinking about this. And that, that summer, before Julia had to start kindergarten, we did a mission trip here in the city and with other people from all over Canada. And it was a family, we had the family track and that that week we went to uh, serve organizations serve other churches there was we spent time in worship and learning and discipleship every day and that week like we we were that was one of the things in our minds is like lord where should what where are you calling us to 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 discern for our kids and after that week we just felt yeah Let's switch Andrew to French school and let's put Julia starting in French school. Now, again, I'm not telling you that that's your choice. That was what we sensed we had to do in those moments. And so I believe that the Spirit of God works in these times to lead us, particularly in ways that he longs for us to be part of his mission and part of his purposes. And so let me ask you, how do you use or lean on, not use, but benefit and and really understand and live your life with the gift of the spirit like how does the spirit help you discern and maybe next week we'll look at some general practical things along the ways as we wrap up the whole series but just for today this idea that the spirit of god works in us he speaks he longs to guide so what do we do with that how do we how do we participate with, with the Spirit in this way? Well, there, there's two things. One is immerse ourselves, immerse yourself in truth that's already available to you. And you're like, wait, I thought this was something fresh. Well, but the Spirit reminds, right? The Spirit doesn't only teach you something new. The Spirit reminds. Yes, He teaches, He reminds, He guides, but not apart from the Scriptures, not apart from the vision of Jesus, 
It's always, he's always working and speaking in line with the Word and with the Word made flesh, Jesus. So let me ask you, how can you be reminded of something you don't know? You can't. Well, then you're learning something new. But how can you be reminded of something you don't know? Well, you can't unless you know it or you knew it, right? And so when Jesus, the Word, and, Jesus, and the Scripture, the Word, are a growing inventory in our minds and in our hearts, then the Spirit uses that to prompt us and remind us and correct us and guide us. Is that helpful? Does that make sense? To immerse ourselves in something, in a truth, in the truth that's already available to us so the Spirit has something to remind us of, right? Because if we're not immersed in that truth, then the Spirit is not, can't remind us of those things. Now, the Spirit of God can do anything. He can get your attention. He can tell you whatever you want, whatever He wants. But the idea of reminding is that we're already immersed in God's vision, in God's path, in God's truth, in the way of Jesus. So when we're reading Scripture regularly, the Spirit then points us to a word or points us to a phrase or points us to a theme as we're reading. Last fall, we started off our fall season with this theme of making room for renewal. And uh, part of my heart as a pastor and part of my role, uh, even if it's me or others teaching, is that we, we, we learn and grow as we hope, as God leads us. And so now Ephesians 3 is one of my favorite passages, and it's something that, that I think it's one of my favorite because God kind of started Westside uh, like on this path, reading this prayer so often from Paul in that passage. And last summer I was reading that prayer, reading Ephesians, and then I was reading chapter 3, and for some reason... Like the theme of renewal was so palpable as I was reading that prayer in just a different way than I noticed it before. And it seemed as though God was just kind of putting his finger on the, that highlight of Paul's prayer. And I never taught, I mean, I've taught Ephesians 3 probably 20 or 30 times. And I never taught it the way I taught it last September. Not because it was different than the, than the theme of scriptures, but because God, I believe, wanted to kind of get a hold of us in some way, and me in some way, that we needed to, this reminder of renewal. Now, that didn't come out of thin air. That didn't just happen. That's because I was reading Scripture, and God used that moment in the Scriptures to kind of draw that out. That's important to remember and recognize as we're reading Scripture and why we read Scripture regularly. You don't, we don't always have those moments, but the Spirit uses our regular immersion in Scripture at times to just kind of get our attention. And when we were first planting Westside, I was 29 years old, so young, so foolish. And, uh, and I remember we found a, a spot to start gathering a few people in a little chalet in Kirkland on Argyle Street. And I wasn't really familiar with Kirkland as much. And I, I knew God was calling us to the West Island. But, and I started to recognize the demographics of the area. And I'm like, there's people here who are more mature than me, older than me, a lot wealthier than me, have more experience than me. And I was starting to get really nervous. I'm like, I, I was struggling, doubting if God could use Frank and I in an area like this with, you know, people that maybe I would be timid to speak to. And I remember the scripture, the, I was reading scripture during that time. And uh, I'll have to find the, you know, chapter and verse. But there was a scripture in the Old Testament about God giving courage to someone who had to speak to people way above them. And I was reading that and I'm like, oh, maybe that's me. Maybe that's Kirkland. <laughs> and, 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 and I swear, like, I shouldn't say I swear, but the, God in that moment... <laughs> I can attest that God in that moment just encouraged me, guided me, provoked me, moved me. It's like, it's okay. I'm, I'm doing this, not you. And that was so helpful. So while you're reading Scripture or long after you're reading Scripture, Scripture becomes an inventory in your heart and your mind that the Holy Spirit uses to lead you and guide you to help you practice discernment. That's one way that the Spirit works in that way. This second way is that we practice his presence so we can recognize his voice. We practice his presence so we can recognize his voice. 
That's so, so important. That's so, so important. And we need to recognize that. I don't, I don't play on a sports team and I don't play basketball or whatever, but I can imagine that like there are certain signals and, and words and phrases that either the coach says or the captain says or people on the team say or, or when they're running up. And it's like if, if, if I was like one of those basketball players, which I would be horrible at, and I was not like continually getting used to the signals and the voices and the cues, I'd be lost. Because it's like, when I got to go left, I should go right. When they're leaning in for a shot, I'm like going the other way. It's like, no, but if I'm pretty certain that the best players know the cues. Because they have spent time recognizing the cues, recognizing the voices, recognizing the signals. And so for you and me, this, the Holy Spirit wants to speak, wants to work, wants to act, wants to guide. But if we are not practicing his presence, we will not recognize his voice. And so prayer and contemplation and silence and solitude and worship, these are not just things we do to, to, to just have an experience or just to do a, have a spiritual practice. We also engage in these spiritual practices because we practice the presence of God. What that means is it's not like we're practicing the presence of God like an instrument, but practicing the presence of God is that we are in, in communication with him and pausing to listen both through scripture and through prayer, through contemplation, through silence, through solitude, through worship. And these spiritual practices help us pay attention to the Holy Spirit's voice in and around us. And sometimes, let me tell you, if we're not practicing the presence of God regularly, when something takes place where you're jolted, it will not be your go-to. You will be so frazzled, you won't know. And um, I had one of those moments, even this weekend, I wasn't even going to share this, but it just came to mind, is that like uh, something was happening at home this week and, we, and some kind of thing threw us a real curveball and my wife and I were really kind of stressed about it. We were wondering what to do. We went to bed and it was bugging us all night. And I woke up the next morning knowing that somehow this weekend we got to make a decision on this. And, and I said, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And, and my gut was to go and analyze the situation. <laughs> Let me go analyze again. Let me go check it out. Let me, and I said, you know what? Nobody's up. I went and sat in a chair, and I literally just said, I just, I'm going to be silent before the Lord. I'm not going to do anything today until I'm just present with God for at least 10 or 15 minutes. And I read through some psalms, and I was quiet before him. And... The psalms started me somewhere in nine, chapter 19, and I ended up just landing on chapter 23 after. And all of a sudden, it was like, okay, it's okay. <laughs> the, and, and by doing that, we can start to recognize God's voice. And, you know, today, we were in the prayer room. A few people were praying. And I was stand, I've never stood that far back. I was standing in the far part of the wall. And so I'm standing back here. The door is there. there. People are praying here. And I'm praying too. And then like above this big armoire, there's a little frame, like only like 10 inches big. But it said, cast all your anxiety onto him for he cares for you. And I'm like, I needed to read that this morning. <laughs> I needed to hear that. And now... These are, I'm not saying that, you know, everywhere we go, there's a sign. But I'm saying that when we practice the presence of God, we learn to recognize his voice. And I'm still learning to do that daily. Henry Nouwen says, learning to listen for and recognize the voice and character of God in your life. That's what part of discernment is. Learning to listen for and recognize the voice and character of God in your life. So the Spirit can and will guide you in particular ways of your life. And this means that you need to be recognizing how you're filling your mind and heart. What's taking up space in your mind and heart? What's taking up space that's not from the Holy Spirit? And I think that's so important because... We're all practicing something. We're all reviewing something in our mind. We're all being nurtured by something. Are we practicing God's presence? 
And that's so vital, immersing ourselves in what the truth that's already available to us because the Spirit uses that and then practicing God's presence on a regular basis. And here's what undergirds this promise, and we'll, we'll close with this and I'll invite the team to come up in a minute or two. Chapter 14, verse 17. I don't know if you caught this, but I love what Jesus tells his disciples. Well, verse 17, he says, This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. What a beautiful promise. This is one of the most beautiful descriptions of the Holy Spirit from Jesus here. You know him because he abides with you and he will be with you and in you. Notice it's for those who follow Jesus. This is not to say that the work of the Spirit is not available for those who long to follow Christ or long to know God. Yes, but it's the work of the Spirit is available to those who follow Jesus, for those who become children of God, for those who have responded in faith, with faith, in loyalty to the Lordship of Jesus. This is why this is the most unique gift for you and me. Because everyone we lock eyes with, all of our friends can benefit from history to make discerning decisions. All of our friends and all of us, anybody can, make, can, can, can lean on understanding our limits to make good discernment choices. A lot of us can, can, can lean on other people, friends and neighbors and family members, to kind of help us with discernment. But only those who follow Jesus can lean on the gift of the Holy Spirit for discernment. This is a promise for you and for me. I want you to just hear these words of Jesus over you where Jesus says you know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. This is the promise of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and the proximity of the Holy Spirit all wrapped in to this, these words from Jesus. And this is God's very own Spirit for you and for me. At our disposal, at our disposal, why would we long to grow in our practice of discernment without him? Why? I want us to just take some time as we, we close today and um, just make space, just, just some space and some time here just to sit with God. Um, often one of my favorite prayers that is, I think, developed over the last year or two in prayer times and prayer groups in um, praying before a meeting or in our team time here when we our team prays in the morning or just is is really simple it's just one phrase and um, I think I've, I've said this phrase to help course correct my um, I don't want to say overemphasis but only emphasis on Jesus the Son and God the Father and just to course correct it I would I've incorporated over the last couple of years as we start a time of prayer or worship or discernment is just just really simple phrase super simple welcome holy spirit welcome holy spirit and not because the spirit's you know needs to be invited to show up he's already present but i i want my posture to be in such a way where i welcome his work his voice his presence and for you and me, his guidance, his truth, his reminders, his declarations. So let's just make time just for a moment. There's a, some of the words we sang today. Spirit, lead me. Spirit, guide me. Kind of walking through waters where 
it feels unknown, but we are trusting him as we work and walk through that. So just for a moment this morning, I just I encourage you to say, maybe if, if, if that's the kind of phrase you want to say, to posture your heart, to welcome the work of the Spirit in your life, to help you in your own discernment, to live in the way of Jesus, in the mission of God. Let's take a moment with the Lord and say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Speak to us to be ready for what's next in our homes and families, in our work, in our finances, in your mission, your church.
prayed for, prayed with. If someone stand with you in prayer. And I know today's message themes was on discernment, um, and um, it's really the heart of the scriptures we read. But there's this underlying beautiful message in there, right? That God has sent the Spirit for you and for me, Amen. And uh, He is available to you, to us. He is part of the heartbeat of how the church works and functions the empowerment for mission. And so uh, I'll, I'll wrap up in prayer. Um, and uh, if some people want to keep praying or need prayer, uh, I'll also be available. Maybe some others can be. We'll just, um, yeah, well, I'll wrap up in prayer. But if, if you just have a hunger or a desire just to make take a little bit more time or some more space um, to seek the Lord, then we'll, we'll make space for that um, after we officially wrap up. But there's no need to stop uh, what God might be doing in your heart, maybe you need want to just respond to that, or maybe you need someone to pray with around that. So let's just do that. Bless your name, Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Thank you for sending an advocate for your disciples, for us, one who advocates on our behalf but also one who teaches and reminds and guides and declares and brings conviction. Oh God, may we, Lord, prevent us from wanting to use your Holy Spirit for our benefit. Prevent us from wanting to use or capitalize 
on the Holy Spirit for our ambition, whether personal, professional, even religious. We thank you that you graciously have worked things out in how you are God, Father, Son, and Spirit, to lead us and guide us and how you graciously out of love and purpose have not left us, as Jesus said, as orphans. But you continue to be present with us. So we welcome that. We welcome that. Oh God, I pray that each of us here today would be able to know so deeply what Jesus what Jesus told us that we know the spirit and that your spirit abides with us and will be with us oh god may we know this truth so deeply and so intimately and yet may we hold this truth with holiness and sacredness and humility never for our own ambitions but for your glory. For your glory, God, and your fame. And so we just, as we um, say welcome to the work of your spirit in us, may we trust that as you are at work in us and leading us and guiding us, help us to respond appropriately. If our response requires confession, may it be confession. If it requires repentance, may it be repentance. If it requires a step of faith, may it be so, God. A start or stop of something, may it be so. And I pray for everyone, all of us here, God, in the various pockets that where we need discernment this week. Um, may we lean on all the wonderful resources you give us, but may we also acknowledge that you are present with us in those moments of discernment, Lord Jesus. In the amazing name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message helps guide you on your spiritual journey of discovering the life and message of Jesus. We update this podcast weekly, so why not hit subscribe and journey with us? Who are we? Westside Gathering is a local church in the West Island of Montreal. We're a simple community of faith where we want you to feel welcome, even if you're not into church or religion. We meet every Sunday, but you can also find smaller groups, environments, and resources for all ages between Sundays. Find out more at westsidegathering.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo. We'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, ask for help, or let us know how we can pray for you. If you'd like to contribute financially, just go to westsidegathering.com forward slash giving. Until next time, peace.